Here's two words you don't say together very often: free and wedding. The Save the Date podcast is and always will be free, and it's all about weddings. Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover Alicia McCormack. Some people, not me, I will say, but some people fear public speaking. They think it's worse than death. And there is a famous Jerry Seinfeld, I'm always referring to Jerry, but famous piece of stand-up where he says sometimes people would prefer to be in the coffin at a funeral rather than speaking at a funeral. Now, that, that says a lot. But, you know, when you start to talk to people about getting up in front of crowds and we're talking about perhaps what I used to do, still do, stand-up comedian person, that they go, oh, it's so brave, so I'd hate to do that. And you think it's really not that bad. But from some perspectives, it might be. So today, I thought I would get a very, very clever expert in to speak about speaking, about how you would do (laughs) a speech, perhaps at a wedding, perhaps being an MC at a wedding, or just in general. These are tips you don't have to necessarily use at a wedding in general. You can just use it in your daily life. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's a very dear friend of mine. She's a bit of a fabulous lady. Julia Zamiro, welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Well, look, it's an absolute pleasure because I do like to listen to Save the Date, <laughs> um, even though I'm not married or even thinking of getting married. Uh, but on the walks, you see, yes. when I go for my walks in the morning, because <sighs> I live in Australia and you live in London now, mm. um, it's a great way to hear your voice. I love that you connect with me through that. <laughs> I think a lot of people connect with you through that. <laughs> now, <clears throat> but you, I don't want to say, if people don't know who you are, because that sounds... But they won't, and that's fair enough Let's... because, you know, but in my country of Australia, Yes. I'm lucky enough to be employed uh, in my chosen profession that yes. I enjoy. And what uh, is that, Mrs. Mira? Thank you for asking. I did train for three years as an actor, but I'm basically presenting a lot on TV now, which is a fabulous. lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. So I host a show called Rock Quiz on SBS TV, which is a fabulous show that's been running for 10 years, where I host um, a band and some contestants, and we do rock music trivia. We have singers. It's great fun mm. um and then also julia zamiro's home delivery where i take uh, famous comedians uh, and actors and sports people back to their childhood home some of them are quite traumatized by it some really are they really are and some aren't and they talk about what they were like as kids and then i drive them to their primary school and their high school and we ask them about how hard it was how tough it was and how they became the incredible sort of career person they are now. So um, that's good fun. And also I present the Eurovision Song Contest for Australian audiences. Um, American audiences may not be familiar, but then again, there are a lot of Americans who do know about there it. There are. Yeah. And, you know, it's a big competition in Europe that's been going for 60 years. Uh, it's a big X Factor, basically, a big Australian, um, American Idol, but European Idol. It's like the original X Factor. It is. I feel like that's where they got the idea and they went, yeah, let's do that and make a lot of money. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did. And it is funny when, because we're in the Europe at the moment. We are in we're the We're in Europe. the London at the moment. And it's funny hearing when you say, oh, I host Eurovision. And people go, what? They watch Eurovision in Australia. I don't think people realise how bloody popular it is in Oz. It is very popular. Uh, we've got many Europeans and many English people living in Australia. And it's been on telly there for 30 years. And I think people who used to live in Europe and watch it in Europe... Now that their new home is in Australia, they like watching it because it reminds them of being home. Mm. Plus, it's a competition. People love a competition. People love crazy costumes and crazy songs. And uh, myself and Sam Pang, we do the running commentary of the crazy things happening for the TV audience. We don't host the actual event. (laughs) I'd love to do that. Um, You've got to have goals, lady. You've got to have goals. 
They're my goals. But my goal today is Tell to me. be here with you. Oh, God, you're professional. Because, look, I uh, I emceed your wedding. You did. Yes. yes. Let's out each other. Let's out. So I... <laughs> In Australia, now this is different all over the world, and we're going to talk about this as well. An MC is generally someone you ask someone that you know and love that can run the wedding, the reception part of the wedding hmm. for you. And we asked you, I was a little nervous asking you because I know professionally you do this all the time, and I didn't want you to think, ah, oh, she's just asking me to do it as a job. It was such a great honour to I have I would have been you. very sad had you not asked me. <laughs> but also I think too that... um. I mean, I do a lot of public speaking and MC events and corporate events and all of that. But what's wonderful about when you get to MC a wedding, it's actually important. Yeah. So the other jobs, you go, I don't really care about that job. But this job, when you when you MC a wedding, you have a big responsibility on your shoulders because you're not only kind of running that day. I think you set the tone. Mm. And if you if you're not sure what tone you're setting, and if you're not sure what the couple want. That's not great. You're really going to be on top of that. Mm. So it's not the celebrant. She or he or she have a particular job. And it's not the wedding planner. They've got a particular job. As MC, you're kind of running uh, the order of events. And um, being familiar with those is an excellent thing to begin with. Now, I have also MC'd some stuff in the past. And I found the problem is a lot of time the bride and groom leave the formalities, the running order of the day yes. until the day before. <laughs> or not at all. Wow. We had a couple, and I'm not going to name names. Don't. Because that gets me in trouble. It really does. But I was involved in a wedding where I had a main event job like that. Mm. And it was really the morning of the wedding where you're going, shit, mm. I don't know what you want me to do. Mm. I don't know who's speaking. It is a bit, sometimes a bit of a last minute thing. And sometimes the couple don't know or they leave it to the last minute. And it's actually so important because once the ceremony's done and everybody's back in that room and you're sitting at tables People have an expectation, don't they? They mm. they are looking for someone to lead them. We're in this place. You might not know half the people there. And you're waiting for someone to kind of take the ball and run with it. Now, if you're lucky enough to have someone in your group of friends or in your family that is very comfortable getting up there and running the day, great. But sometimes you don't. And um, there'll be two categories today. There'll be categories. Uh, there'll be the category of people who love public speaking Maybe love it a bit too much. And in fact, you might not ask that person. And then those that, you know, are in, are in fear of it. And I don't think you can ask someone who's really not comfortable to MC something, um, to do that. And then you've got to be careful because if you get someone too confident, like I said, they turn it into a show about them mm. rather than being uh, a show for you. So it's really got to be about what the bride and groom want. And sometimes they don't know. Sometimes you've got to be of help. Yes, and that's a good point. And I think from a, an MC point of view, if you have a wedding planner that you're working with, and perhaps as a bride and groom, groom and groom, bride and bride. Oh, absolutely. Please, all Please. for it. Whoever's getting married. Whoever's getting married. Whoever's event this is. Thank you. If you don't want to manage that process, then palm it off to the, the bridal wedding planner, whoever you've got, mm. to then be the person to converse with the MC. Just yeah. as long as someone knows what the hell is going on. I know. That's a good start. And, you know, it's like I think the rule number one is that I think people often feel they have to be funny and they don't really think that's true. People panic and think, well, what am I going to say and I've got to run it and you don't have to be funny. You just have to be real and be yourself and and then know what's happening. So if there are going to be speeches from a mum, a dad, a relative, a brother, the best man, you know, the maid of 
Matron of Honor? Whoever you want. Or maid. Or maid. Don't really know the difference. Or I've one's been doing married, this... one's unmarried. Oh, good. See, I've been doing this for six months. I've never questioned the two different names. Matron of Honor, you kind of imagine this quite bosomy lady with a big With dress. a baby who's <laughs> doing that. What do they call when they breastfeed a baby? It's not theirs. Oh, um, no, a wet nurse. A wet nurse. From Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, good, we digress. Um, you know, you've got to, you, you know, whoever might be speaking, you need to know that you're going to open the event and welcome everybody. You know you're going to throw to the next person, the first person to speak. You'll come back and do a little bit of, oh, maybe that didn't go very well, so you might want to lift the mood. Then the second speaker comes, and whatever happens in that speech, you have to keep listening as the MC, just in case something terrible goes wrong or goes beautifully right. You mm. have to be there the whole time. It's actually a big job. Mm. I find it a bit exhausting. Well, in a even if way. you love doing it and you love the person you're with, yeah, you're on. And you can't be going, oh, I'll knock back a couple of wines because you really need to have your yes. wits about you. And so as those different speakers happen, you've got to make sure that you're there picking up the ball every time. And it's like a good waitress. You need to let everybody know what's happening. We're going to take a short break now. We'll be back. I mean, you really do so that not everybody disappears so that and goes outside to possibly smoke, which they shouldn't be doing because sure. it's bad for you, everyone. Um, <laughs> to come back in and not miss perhaps the big speech of the night or whatever. Now, tell me something, yes. Julia Zamiro. If yes, Alicia, I found in being a person, a, a guest, they're called when you go to a wedding. Mm-hmm. It's a guest. That's a guest. Sometimes the speeches go on a long, 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 long time. Mm. As an MC, how do you wind them up? Is it possible? Well, I think if you can get in early before the whole shenanigans begin, like say, you know, two weeks before, make it very clear to the couple getting married, can I have a word with your speakers Mm. and gently explain to them that five minutes is a great length for a speech? quite a good amount of time. And unless you are a professional something who is hilarious and knows that couple really, really well, because there are exceptions. I mean, you can do some kind of amazing 10-minute bit about how that couple got together or perhaps the bride and groom have said to you you were there you're the one who got us together please tell that story Mm. but at least it's a request from them but these 5 10 15 minute speeches and sometimes that's nerves yeah they just don't remember that it's nerves and that's why you should have written in a big red pen on your card stop calm down breathe you know all that um as an MC, you have to find the lovely way to get up there and say, one minute to go, or you might have a little bell. I think that's fun. No one gets offended. A little bell or get that glass out. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. And for fun, as the MC at the beginning, you might say, look, we're running a tight ship here. I just, I'm going to give you a halfway mark. Bing, bing, bing. I'm going to give you a one minute to go. Bing. And then I'm going to give you 10 seconds. You might not even have to use that, but it's just something to let everyone know in a kind of fun way because, yeah, if you think it's going to go for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and there's food to come out or you're an uncle that everyone likes but nice can get on, just goes on a bit, then you are allowed to kind of bring that back. But I always say to people, five minutes is a great starting point and they don't sometimes even realise how long that is to physically be up there for. Yeah, and we know as performers, five minutes when it's not going well can be shit. (laughs) It can be 20 in your own mind and everybody else's. Let's just wind this up and and let's move on with the evening. Please. Now, now MC, sometimes I think going back to this idea of having a schedule, working with a wedding planner, you are often the person, if there's not a wedding planner, you're often the middleman that deals with problems on the night. Or the middle woman. Or lady, exactly. Look, I did a wedding once, and it was sort of low-key, but 
quite organized at the same time. I mean, it was relaxed, I suppose, but it was in their house and they had a beautiful house and a beautiful hall that happened to be part of their house and the catering was terrific. But that caterer wanted that food out there when he wanted it. And I understand because Mm. you want it all to be hot. But I felt like, did you not have the discussion with the couple about, no, 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 it's not supposed to happen. So there was a lot of stern words and you've got to give stern words on one side and come back out to the couple and make them believe there's no problem. Yes. So there was a lot of liaising on that day. I was, I have to say, I was quite exhausted by the end of that wedding and I really didn't drink at all because I just thought I just, and nothing went wrong, but mm. everything could have gone wrong. And yeah, I think with MCs, you have to realize you've got a big job, which is different to just doing a speech. Sure. You slot in, you slot out. But if you're the MC and you might have other extracurricular things to look after, you need to be prepared yourself so that that's a, that homework's done to deal with the unexpected, even though it's technically not always your job. No, but that's because you're a friend and you want to get you're in there. And also you just don't want any of that stuff to come back to the bride and groom. And brides and grooms listening, that's why you pick someone that's responsible so you don't end up picking pieces of crap up on the oh. day because that's not what you want it's on your awful. wedding day. It's actually awful. And um, they don't want, you don't want you don't want them to stress. And you should give the job to someone who knows what they're doing. I often go to events or weddings and think, oh, why didn't they ask me to do this? <laughs> Because I'm not enjoying myself. I could have gone up there and there's a lot of umming and eyeing and pausing and, and, and faffing around and uh, that's not great. And people love a short, sharp, brilliant moment. It doesn't have to be funny, but if it's short and sharp and you get on with what you want to say, it's it's great. Because you want to be remembered for doing a good job. <laughs> not that, oh, you remember that girl and she's done for 20. I mean, I've been to, and I've mentioned it before, a couple of speeches at weddings that are like a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you want to, you go, yeah, I know enough about you. And like you said, making it about them going, well, really? I did this and this and this. And you're like, this is not a oh business presentation. God. We're talking about two people that love each other. Shut the fuck up. Well, that's obviously a business person. Yes. Who thinks gone, that's how I speak done. all the time. I'm very good with this. And again, you have to say, I know you do that every day, but what's this? This is a wedding. This is a the, different thing. I know. They're coming together forever and... I think it's really important, you know, big rule is absolutely, if you've got some funny things to say, say it, but always set up your context as well, why we're here, who we, who we are, the story of it, mm. and by all means be funny, but the magic thing is to try and make them cry if you can. Oh, okay, we're going to come back to okay, this. Okay, great, great. All right, look, I leave them wanting. Leave them wanting. Which we're going to leave you wanting just for a couple of seconds. <laughs> This is the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. You know that because you've downloaded it. You're listening to it. If you found this by accident, keep listening. I'm talking to Julia Zamiro, the wonderful, wonderful host, TV presenter, comedian. In my, Australia. And my best friend. So there you go. No bias there. <laughs> keep listening. More after this. All right. We did promise. We're going to move on to more about speech making, about actually yes. getting up and talking. Mm. Now, in a couple of weeks, I've got a wonderful episode. I did an interview with a lady called Nova from newbride.com. She makes a, just explaining to you, Julia, and if no one's heard this before, sure. she has a, a blog about diversity. Oh, I love, no, I heard that one. You've heard that one before. Yes. So she's back and she's talking about confidence, which I thought would be a nice thing to also talk to you about as well. Because making a speech, like I said in the intro to the show, it's not, public speaking's not really a normal thing for a lot of people. No, and even people who are good at it, hmm. 
can get a bit rabbit in the headlights and and get panicky. Breathing is very important. I know we go on about breathing, but if you deep if you take some deep breaths before you do any kind of public speaking, I swear to you, you will calm down. It's nature's oh, remedy. It's natural, absolutely nature's remedy. So I know it sounds silly, but some very very slow in breaths and out breaths really will help. And and alcohol won't just quietly. Yeah, let's talk about booze because some yeah, people. Mm. I have always gone on record saying I have never done a stand up comedy gig with any alcohol in my system. I am the straightest performer and that's only because and we've talked about this before that i i'm not saying i'm a drunky drunk but i know i have my script in my head i trust myself and i think if i mess up and i've had a drink i'll just blame that drink it's like drink driving it is you know like you just driving. go so it, i don't think that doesn't i just know me and i think if i did it with booze and maybe i'd do it and it's perfect and it's fine but it I don't think it helps me. Look, some people can have a wine and nothing happens. Sure. It just takes the edge off and that's fine. But I think um, in terms of nerves, mm. it doesn't help at all. No. If you if you know you can have a couple of wines and still do it, you can. But it's it's more that people think, I better have one of this, it'll calm me down. And it can, can't. But I think the more organised you are, you've got something to fall back on if it all goes horribly wrong. The organisation is everything. Start writing that speech a long time beforehand, mm. you know, start, if you're the speech maker, start putting notes down, keep a little, um, diary or something on your computer where you keep adding to it going, Oh, I could talk about this. I could talk about this. And then you'll have a list of topics and then you'll start to think, well, I can't talk about everything. Mm. Some people like to sit and write it out on the computer. Some people like me, I like to walk around the room with um, a phone and record what I think I'm going to say and then write that out later because I improvise it or add a little bit better. I think of the ideas. Um, and in terms of putting it together, you could show a friend. I always think don't show that friend until you've really got what you want because if you start showing too many people, then they're going to take you off your main idea. But if there's someone that you really want to work with on it who you trust and will go, no, no, don't say that. You must keep this in, keep that out. Do that definitely. Five minutes, keep timing it. Five minutes, read it out loud, read it out loud because you'll find that sometimes reading out out loud, it's one minute. And you think, that's actually technically not long enough. <laughs> or it's actually 10 minutes. And you think, is that how long it takes? You, you would be surprised if now we, you don't write We it use down. a famous, but probably a bit of a morbid phrase, kill your babies. Kill your babies. Uh, it's in the writing world. It's out there. You yeah. know, you might write the most brilliant thing in the world, but if there's no time, you need to get rid of it. And it is the kill your babies expression, which does sound a little intense. <laughs> um, what else? I think, too, there's a, there's a notion, too, that when you're doing stand-up, like I said, that you need to be hilarious mm. all the time. It's not a stand-up gig. If you are funny and that you're going to provide that in, you know, there's five speakers and you're the funny one, absolutely. And if there is a very strong speaker in your five speakers, you've got dad is going to say something, mum is going to say something, and let's get more mums talking as well. We need oh, more mums please. talking. Um, or a, a brother or whatever, a good friend. Put the strongest person last. Do you want a big finish? Yeah, go at the bank. Yeah, don't put dad last if he's really nervous about reading anything. Put that big kind of great confident speaker last. Um, and just remember, you've got that MC coming up to say, well, that's it for tonight. We're going to have dancing in a minute to maybe fix it if mm. something goes horribly wrong mm. in the big finish that you thought you were going to get. And do you think, just personally, as an, as an MC, if someone came up to you and said, look, my dad's, to you, my dad is really nervous, I'm really worried about it, is it better they're honest so you're at least G'd, teed oh, up yeah. about oh, it? Oh, totally. In fact, I have volunteered to almost interview the mum and dad. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, so I've, I interviewed a, a mum once. 
because um, she was quite nervous. Is this and, instead of them doing the speech? Yeah, well, instead, they had the speech idea with them, but I interviewed them and said, so, you know, what did you first think of, of your daughter-in-law when you first met her? And um, what do you think of today? And find funny things to talk to her about. So she feels like all she has to do is answer. Mm. And you'll actually find, or I found, that she had a natural humour that came out anyway. And the audience loved it because she was being made to feel a bit special because I was interviewing her. She yeah. was kind of, not the star, it's not about that. It's just being made to feel a little bit important. So, yeah, you could try that if there's real nerves because it's different to standing next to them and telling them how to read something because that mm. makes them look like that makes they don't know what they're doing. Sure. So the interview thing is a good one. That's great. Um, or you just say to your couple, get what they want to say you what you want your dad to say because you love him but he's not very good and i'll practice it with him Mm -hmm. and all he has to do is read it out and sometimes that's enough for people they just want that moment um and you know you might get three speeches in a row from uh nervous relatives all saying i'm just delighted to be here here's to the bride and groom or here's to the groom and groom and and that's it yeah um but they've done their dash you know but make sure you've got someone who can come up at the end and, and give something a bit more colourful. Now, I like some of the practical information that you've given me as a performer because I will say, Great. Julia has directed me I in have. a number of shows. I have My Melbourne you. International Comedy Festival show, Correct. How to Get Rich. You also did my last one, One of a Kind. One so of a Kind. You're very good. and But I love, because you're an actor and a performer, but you also... Uh, a director I think you see it from both sides Mm. of the stage quite literally Mm. but one thing I remember you saying about is preparation physically having cards or something like Mm. that a lot of people don't think about you know they turn up with big crappy bits of paper and they're like the A4 size paper (laughs) folded up and unfolded and it's like well no if you I mean I'm sure there's a a relative somewhere or a young person in your family that you can say here's my speech can you pop it on some cards mm. and make sure it's not that ink that runs Oh, good. You know, the ink that, you know, I've got one of those cheap printers, don't get me wrong, and I often, I think, oh, I mustn't, because if you've one little bit of coffee or a little bit of wine or a little bit of water, it's gone, so don't do that. Show's over. But um, if you've got some smart cards that you get from any stationery shop, some smart cards where you have your speech on there, they're kind of handy, you can put them away in a handbag, you put them away in a, in a suit pocket or whatever. It just looks a little bit more organised, a little pen at the ready so you can add something funny. Oh, that's good, notes. Just in case something's happened at the, at the service, oh, hilarious, some kid said something funny, write it down, call bring back. it back. We call it back. a callback in the industry, don't it we? It is. It's a callback where you call back to something funny that happened earlier and that you know you'll get a guarantee laugh. And people love that. Oh, Mad for it. Yeah. And even you as the MC, you could have your own kind of theme of callbacks. You might have a theme for what you're, how you're presenting it. Perhaps you're the one who introduced them or perhaps you're the one who's still single or, I mean, I wouldn't go on about that too much, like you're single and everyone else is happy and getting married, but some theme that you can bring back throughout the night, um, could be fun. And also there's always the, we don't do telegrams anymore, but you can do the pretend text messages or tweets or skypes or you know p- p- you know funny sort of stories that you get from people like that to break it up a little bit as well i do love that and i think sometimes that's forgotten the messages what do they call it, it is the telegrams I it was a telegram once in the old days and just watch some old films you'll see that happening the telegrams a telegrams that would and, and that was a big thing to get telegrams arriving 10 of them and, and reading them out from people who can't be there because now Often people can be there, or certainly the bridal parties bully them into being there and going all the way to France for some wedding. Um, and then, uh, but it's kind of fun if you've got, you know, messages, text messages, you can make gags about that. 
And also housekeeping. A job as an MC uh, is to make sure there's some housekeeping rules. So, you know, maybe don't talk on your phone when people are talking. You know, mm. all eyes to me, that kind of thing. I love, and I love watching you wrangle a crowd. Julia is the best at going, come on, let's go. Mm. But in a fun way, and everyone bloody listens. Well, yeah, I think if, I think one big thing is don't get cross with people. You can't get cross with the crowd. If you kill them with kindness and keep smiling and cajole, I always think cajoling's a good way. Mm. Seducing as well. Mm. You can seduce a crowd, you can cajole a crowd into sort of saying, well, look, we're all here together today for a reason and, um, you know, we, we all want to hear what's going on. And remember, everyone's nervous. Your job is to help them be less nervous. And if you're making a speech and that's all you're doing, all your job is that speech. You just concentrate on that speech. Now, inappropriate things. What are some inappropriate things you shouldn't say? Well, I always think, and it always seems to be related to the best man speech, and you've covered it a little bit about saying a best man speech doesn't Mm. have to be a full stand-up comedy routine. And I think you've got to really choose, remember your audience and and be aware that if you've got lots of STD dick stories you want to tell, tell them at the Bucks night. Don't tell them in front of... Grandma and Grandpa the family. and children. We're all in nice clothes. We don't need to learn about some sort of lice infection. Yeah, I think people think that by embarrassing the couple, it's funny. Mm, and not there, so. it's not. In a small group of friends around a table at dinner, fine. fine. But in front of all those people, it's actually, it's so public, it's really hideous. And I've been to a couple where that's happened and I just wish someone had taken that group, that, um, Best man aside and said, no, 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 you don't have to do that. It's not a shaming situation. It's a celebrating situation. And as they're giving the speech and they feel the crowd turning, they start to panic. Yeah. And they don't know how to swim out of it. And if only someone had said, can I just look at what you're going to say? That's the other thing. In that way, you can, maybe it is a good idea to share information because you want to surprise the couple, but then you don't want to embarrass the couple as well. And I think mentioning past marriage (gasps) or the relationships is a complete no-go. Oh, my God. I heard, I think in one I'd been to and they'd mentioned the relationship before and I was like, there is no need. It's not a day of past relationships. It's a day of celebrating this current relationship. And to have that really brought the tone down and also I think you just felt, you know when you see people sort of shifting and their seats going, oh my God. No. You've got to sense that too because if you can't sense that that audience is shifting... But look, I think it's wonderful to start with who you are within that story and who you are to these people and talk about, you can have funny things. But I always love, just when everyone thinks it's all going to be a funny speech, to break out the moment that's going to make everyone tear up. Just the crack. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love a cracking Mm. because, and actually, it's not even, I make it sound like I'm looking for it, but if you think about it, if you think about the two people that you're there for, and your affection for them um, and what they are doing, mm. you can actually write from the heart and that will be enough. But if you can put it in some kind of context, so I did one for a friend years ago and we'd gone to school together. Uh, I happened to some reason, her and I did a speech, or I did a speech for her dad and I was like barely 16. I don't know why, I think because I was a funny kid and they wanted you to do And then <laughs> I did a speech for her 21st and here I was doing a speech for her wedding. I thought... To bring that back and bring back a memory of that and then put it into some kind of context and I knew to say something quite personal and lovely about the mum and how she used to make this beautiful particular schnitzel and she's amazing making schnitzel mm. and that made them laugh and the father and how he's sport mad and dancing to, you know, 
George Benson in the lounge room and, and all these little personal things and then to kind of top it all off and say how honoured I was to be there. Oh, bang, all gone. Love it. Loving a tear. We didn't expect that. And because it will never happen again. Yeah. A lot of effort has been put into this day. There are a lot of people there. It's a culmination of that big event. Mm. And it's a little bit, it's a one-off, what you hope. Um, and if not, you can do it all again. You can do it again next time. And that's time. also a day that will never happen again. Yeah. At a cut price rate. Now, no, I, I do it for free. You always. do. <laughs> <laughs> but not for strangers. Now, um, now I, you just made me think of my dad's speech because I hadn't really, mm. on the wedding day, hadn't really, I knew he was going to make a speech, but I didn't really have expectations either way of where it was going to go. I asked you, I said, do you know what he's going to say? And you said no. No. And, and I'd never really seen him mm. make a speech before. He's a very confident person, but it's not, he's not, he's a mechanic. It's not part of his gig, mm. really. In he's a mechanic in the Antarctic. It's slightly he, more interesting. Sorry, he yeah. is. But, you know, he's not getting up doing corporate presentations no. or anything. But he really pulled a Swifty on us. He was incredible. And that's, it's a really good point. You've got to allow those people to shine in their own way. So maybe you've got to be a bit gentle with them too. You don't hassle them about what you're going to say. Because he wasn't reading off anything. No, he just riffed it. He riffed it. But I feel like it was riff prepared. Prepared? Yeah. Prepared. Very prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was him as mm. well. So again, he wasn't trying to be something he's not. Mm. He, th- he thought about it. He thought, how am I going to put together what I want to say? It was funny. It was complimentary. It was moving. Um, and it was him. Very yeah. much him. So how do you create a space as an MC where that can happen as well? So you've got to introduce those people beautifully. You have to say something lovely and funny if you can. If you don't know the relatives that well, ask the bride and groom or the groom and groom or the bride and bride and say, what's something about your dad that I can maybe put in, you know. I mean, one of my favourites sometimes when you literally are in a room of people you've never met before, I like to say, well, I've known this man now for at least half an hour and <laughs> I've found him to be delightful. You know, because what can you do, you know. <laughs> yeah. if you don't, you don't, you're honest at least and people uh, uh, sort of, I think, uh, respect you being honest. But... Yeah, he did a wonderful job that day. Really mm. wonderful job. I think my one regret about the day is not videoing the speeches. And do you know why you didn't do that? I, we didn't want... Well, we were lucky because we had... Remember the Channel 10 crew? I was working on a TV show at the time called The Circle, and they came and filmed the ceremony, mm. and then they... I'm going to use a very strange term, chuffed off. They <laughs> left. <laughs> and I... We didn't have a videographer, and I have said this on the show... I think if you videography can be quite expensive, but also even just get someone with an iPhone to hold up and film the speeches so you've got them. Because mm. I have beautiful memories of that those speeches. Mm. Your your speech, mm. Dan, our lovely friend who did my sort of best man speech as well. I remember there's a great photo of you and I where we're both just sort of holding our Cracking stomachs up. laughing because yeah. it was <laughs> so funny. But then again, how do we? How do you and I have such a clear idea of your dad's speech? It's we do. We listened with, yeah. to it. It stayed with us. Yeah. Because um, we were paying attention. Um, and also it made the day, you know, it's another thing not to worry about on the day. But then again, as MC, if you're an MC, you could actually be part to include that. You could mm. say, well, we're being filmed today and there's a camera here. And you can use that as part of the fun. Mm. You can get the crowd to do stuff for the camera if you want. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can play with. But again... Keep an eye on that couple. Keep an eye on if they're having a good time. Um, keep an eye on the room. that The temperature of the room in terms of are they enjoying it? Are you doing too much? And less is more sometimes. Less is keep more. Keep them wanting. 
feel the room. Yeah. That's some of the best advice ever. And mm. think about that, people. Now, I want to, we're nearly running out of time. I hate that. But, but two things to say. Please. We'll announce the second one in a minute. There you go. Keep them waiting. I want to just ask you, there's not women at weddings. Yeah. It's not traditional for us to get up and speak. And it really shits me off because I think it's time for new traditions in a way. And I don't know why it's important that we hear the groom speak and the bride doesn't get up. So, okay, so I'm not quite across this always. So really that's a real thing is yeah, that we're only usually, the, the male It's speaks. usually very right. male-dominated. And as you said, it would be lovely to hear from the mothers. Now, sometimes the dads aren't around to speak, unfortunately. Absolutely. So mum gets up and does a speech. But it also... I suppose it's finding a balance and I emceed um, our friend Nicole's wedding last year and I remember saying to her, you got to time this stuff out. We, you know, you've got to stick to a schedule. And she said, oh, I don't care. I love everyone speaking. You could go on all night. And now from a bride and groom's perspective, that's great. It's nice hearing people talk about you, but also people have got, you know, have got numb asses from sitting there for so long. Mm. But it, it's interesting. She didn't want to get up and say anything. Mm. And I absolutely respect that. But there was this long list of men that got up and spoke. Mm. And I just think from, not even from a feminist perspective, just from the idea to go, we all have voices, we've got things to say. Well, I guess too it seems silly to ask a man to make a speech if he's not very good at it when there's a woman there who can. Like, I mean, it should be genderless really. Mm. But it's, who's special to you? Yeah. You know, I mean, if someone is special to you, um, and some people go, I can't speak, I don't want to speak. Sometimes you can get them to speak together, which is kind of nice too. You can get two people to speak together. So Rich had his two best men, Casey oh. and, 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 and lovely Bunny, and they... That they... was a wonderful speech. Yes. See, again, I don't need to have seen it. Yep. I, again, I remember it exactly. I don't remember word for word, but the, the beauty about it was two great friends reading a letter... <laughs> That or an email that uh, your husband Richard sent them when he was still dating you but hadn't quite met you yet. So yes. a lovely little story of having known you and met you through Skype, long story, mm. um, five months of emailing and, and Skyping. And this beautiful email of being so sad about being apart from this girl that he's pretty much calling his girlfriend but they haven't actually met yet. I mean, it was like a beautiful novel. It was a beautiful story. <laughs> but it was really those two... Um, groomsmen, the smile on their face, the gentle humour of what mm. they were doing, and they were talking about love. Mm. I mean, I'll tear up now thinking about it. They were actually talking about love, mm. and that's a great thing to see a man talking about love. So, and there were no STD or dick jokes. No, not one. It was a real highlight, but then great material because Rich had written a pretty great email. Too. I know, and listen, <laughs> I'd been told about the email, but I'd never heard the email. So at the time, I was like, oh, so you never heard it. I, they'd, they'd mentioned that the email existed, but no one had ever read the email to me. And in the email, I think he said, I'm going to marry this girl or something. Oh, I mean, see, that's so great. So that's another great bit of material. Yeah. You know, without embarrassing anyone. That's not, We've said this already. It's not about embarrassing. We're not going through you, private emails. If you find some great letter that your friend wrote to you as a kid when you were both in high school about that, or you know, or, or some pop star they were going to marry, and then you bring that up in some way, or some great letter, or some great trip where something happened. It's a good place to start from, and um, mm. yeah, that was beautiful. They gave, they gave each other courage being up there together. Yeah, they were cute. They were a good little duo, and that's nice because it is that thing. If you know people work together as a duo and have that history, ask two people to get up if they're scared. Yeah, yeah. There's no rules. Oh no, there, there are no be. rules. There can't be because really it will break the rule mm. if it means you're going to have a better day because 
you know, everyone likes to laugh. Because laughter, too, releases nerves. Mm. So if everyone's nervous and you get someone to laugh, everyone relaxes. And as MC, you've got to tell them what's happening in the day. That's your job. And I think, like you said, I always know when you're up on stage, and I know we've talked about this before, if you do as a performer, as a speech person, if when you first get that first laugh, it's a great relief Ooh. for the audience and for you. Yes. Ooh. You know where you are. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's fine. We all understand. It's that warm feeling in your stomach. Oh, mm. it's like it's like heroin. I've never done heroin, but no. I can imagine a laugh. Like first glass of champagne. Yeah, that's much nicer. Good. <laughs> Hardcore drugs and wedding podcast. Podcast. <laughs> What's your next? It'll be your next thing. Well, hey, now hey. I'm going to say it. You are going to be my very first guest. Mm. I'm going to announce what my next podcast called. <gasps> I haven't done this yet. This I are excited. Yeah, it is because I keep talking about this new podcast. Yeah. It's going to be called. Please. Let's pretend. Let's make a drum roll. It's going to be called Hey Lady. Bing! And it's all about chicks, conversations with interesting women. Brilliant. Very simple. Oh, I hope you'll get me on. You're going to be my first guest. Oh. <laughs> oh, I've just found that out. No, I didn't. Um, that's great. Hey Lady. Yeah. That's great. Hey Lady. Hey Lady. Because here's the thing I, I asked my lovely listeners to do a survey a couple of months back. I asked them what they would like to hear. And a majority of them, a very large majority, just said, we just want to hear about chick stuff. And not like vaginas all the time. Mm. We've got them. Mm. That's fine. That's fine. But we're not... I just think there is there are not enough female voices there. There aren't enough. There. No, we we're all know that. There aren't enough female voices um, speaking at weddings, eh? Mm. There are not female voices speaking in general. Yes. So absolutely open those microphones. And open those minds, everyone. Open the minds... Make some speeches and also to say this, and I always ask on the podcast if you've got questions for wedding related stuff, but also if you have a topic or theme or a person you want to suggest to feature on Hey Lady, email me then. Oh, that'd be fantastic. You never know because I believe everyone has a story. They do. I think so too. Good. I can't wait to do my first one. (sighs) Might be just in a couple of minutes. So (laughs) if you are in the UK, anywhere in Europe, I've got a lot of people in Sweden Oh, but listen, hello, um, my Swedish. Hi, hi, all the beautiful Swedes. Hi, hi. Um, ja, elska dag. Oh, she's a... Oh, ja, elska dag. Oh, I think I just said one in Danish and one in Swedish. That's anyway. Well, it's for also for the Danes. The Swedes are And for the French people that listen. Et les Français aussi. Uh, bienvenue à tout le monde uh, en France. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oui. Oui, uh, oui. <laughs> she says in Australian accent, please uh, check out Eurovision and uh, just do some Google stalking of Julia because she's bloody fabulous and I yeah. love her. Yeah, and we're about to go off and... and um, film the first semi-final about to see that first thing in Vienna so fingers crossed and we're in it Australia's actually in it this year long story we got a wild card (laughs) it's the 60th birthday it's like a one-off Guy Sebastian extraordinary performer um he's singing um so we will actually be allowed to vote and we'll be watching the voting so we're very excited I really want us to win almost (laughs) well I want us to win because it's Australia but I also want us to win to shut the people up and go I don't understand why Australia's in it and then look Stop it. Well, you know, we have been watching it for 30 years in Australia. We do spend a lot of time and love putting together shows about Eurovision for the weekend. It rates really well in Australia. So we sort of feel like we're, we're a European country anyway. And we are. We anyway. were founded on the Europeans, the new people that came in. Correct. And, hey, um, and just forget, don't, don't forget with those speeches, just preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah, don't do it the night before. <gasps> no. Oh, look, I... Yeah. 
you're frightening me. Just I just got nervous yeah. in my stomach when you well, said that. Well, I just I'm going to finish this now. But the last I went to a ugh, I went to a wedding where the groom had a beer coaster and it just put down a couple of dot points. <laughs> it didn't go well. It was painful. Oh dear. All right, great. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Julia, for coming on the show. My absolute pleasure. Thanks. Oh, it's just charming sitting across from you. Visit savethedatepodcast.com for more information. I'll put all this in a note form. You can read it. Go to the blog. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. Talk to you soon. Happy days. New to the podcast? Head to acast.com forward slash save the date for the entire back catalog. Start at the beginning. I dare you. For today's show notes, discount links, and more, visit savethedatepodcast.com.